0: Hello and welcome to the SWPL review preview. Is that the is that the name we're going with? Maybe we need to think about that. Um, I'm your host Chris Marshall, and joining me once again is Mr. Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell?
1: Yeah, I'm very well, Chris. Thank you.
0: And um, we are back once again after the after we did the kind of welcome back to this the season. We thought we would. Um, Play on and continue till the end of this one. So we are back to review all the SWPL action from the weekend, from SWPL 1, SWPL 2, and obviously some of the talking points from there. So, Campbell, let's, let's just get straight into it. The big game at the weekend was Glasgow City against Hibernian at Peters Hill Park. Glasgow City 2, Hibernian 1. Um, a double from Kirsty Howitt to give um, Glasgow City control. Um, Hibbs had Hatchevon of Hunter sent off for a tackle and then... Um, looks like for some verbals, by the looks of things, from uh, watching the highlights back. And um, Jamie Lee Napier got a goal back for his. But 2-1 City. Uh, Campbell, you were there. I had to shoot off to get ahead to K Park, um, so I wasn't able to stay for that one. But you were at the the Glasgow city Hibernian game. First of all, before we talk about the game, what kind of crowd turned up for the, the match on Sunday?
1: It was a very impressive crowd, actually. I mean, obviously, the top of the table, you were, you would expect a bigger crowd than like you'd had at Ainsley Park um, back in the previous meeting. But again, with the World Cup bounce, it seemed to help a lot as it as was advertised before the game, it was the only place um, on Sunday to see some of the national side players, and the crowd was very good at uh, Peter's Hill the whole afternoon, really, so it was, it was good to see, and there was a lot of noise, especially for Glasgow City fans, and you were seeing Hibs scarves and things like that as well, so it was, it was a lot busier than it used to be, so it was, it was
0: good to see. Yeah, Rachel McLaughlin obviously started after she, she signed from Yeovil Town, and uh, Elias McSorley was on the bench for Glasgow City, and um, Amy are started for Hibs as well. Um, obviously, Glasgow City one to one do you want to Talk us through the game a little bit. Campbell, obviously you were there and kind of give us your thoughts over the over the 90 minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was very much a game of two halves, to be honest. I think early on, City really just started well. They got the goal, obviously, after eight minutes. They were the better team in that first half. Hibs were pretty poor, but it was just... Uh, Haley Lauder had a great game in the middle of the park and it was her ball in behind Danny Muir. First a bit, went on, it's a very good finish past Um 5. Hibs, they were in the game slightly, but they weren't really creating too much at all. And then the uh, City, sorry, got that second goal uh, midway through the first half again. Custard Hilton you never know, after it was one of Nicola Docherty's trademark crosses that caused havoc in the box and by the time Siobhan Hunter's clearance fell to Custard she made no mistake in scoring. I mean in the second half you'd have thought sort of City might have went along a bit got a third goal and killed it but instead then they sort of sat back to be perfectly honest and Hibs came on to them and obviously got that goal but they'd obviously been down to 10 players by that point for Siobhan Hunter who she'd been given the linesman pelters pretty much for the whole game every decision Obviously, it's quite close to the pitch at Peter's house. So you could hear every word she was saying to him. He was trying his best to ignore her. But um, the tackle she made, it wasn't the worst tackle on Hibbs, Haley Sinclair. Um, but it was booked for it. And then, obviously, shout out the referee as well and was given the red card for it. So I thought that really dented Hibbs. Did get the goal after that um, through Jamie Lane Napier, But it seemed to be just too little too late for them, to be honest.
0: Yeah, so obviously, I watched the highlights back as, as soon as I got in on Sunday just to kind of get a flavour of with the game. And we'll probably touch on the fact that we couldn't watch that later on in the podcast. Uh, but yeah, it, it certainly came across that Glasgow City obviously got in control. And then Hibbs certainly came back into the game a lot. Um, and obviously, Jamie Laney appeared getting that goal. Does this mean that Glasgow City won League, Campbell? Is that is that 13 in a row in the bag? That's now them gone 38 months unbeaten in, in domestic league football. It's an incredible record. Last time they were defeated was by Spartans back in 2016 and they got defeated 3-0 randomly as well. Um is it 13 in a row? Is that pretty much in the bag now?
1: I think you have to be realistic. See it is. I mean, obviously you want the challenge, to so remain up with Celtic Hibs and teams like that, but it's a real tough league for the rest of them coming against each other, and City are going to take points. So I mean, I think I think it is pretty much over, to be honest.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, it's hard to see past Glasgow City at the moment. Um, they've they've obviously now got a a big advantage over Celtic, who are in second, who we'll come to in a, in a wee second. Um, and they also have that game in hand against Rangers. So it really it would take something that they haven't done in many a many a year which would be a pretty spectacular drop in form for them not to not to claim this title but I'm sure if you were to ask Scott Booth um, and I'm sure you did after the game he'll tell you that yeah there's still there's still lots to play for
1: yeah I mean again you can't be they don't want to say that that's it over we're not going to try now they're going to still come out and say look Hibs can catch us Celtic can catch us but I mean there's part of them you can see in the way they're speaking they sort of know it's there but they need to keep on that top form as you say it's not likely they're going to drop but there's always the chance that something could happen I mean, looking yesterday, I was talking to Stuart Mitchell as well, who's done some work with us before, and um, we were watching in, in the game in City. Obviously, you know Nicola Docherty is always forward on that left-hand side. It is a place they can be caught out, but Hibs are one of the teams you think maybe could do, and they didn't really mean... one point, we looked at down the right there, you see, with Nicola Docherty being I mean, so far forward, you could have had someone, Jamie Lane Apier, for example, who's got the pace, taking advantage on that right, but Hibs instead put on Shannon McGregor down there, who, although she's very technical, she's not exactly the quickest player issue. so, I mean... There was a perhaps a missed opportunity for City the end. it's one thing I think Scott Booth might look at. But again, as we're saying, they're better than everyone else on paper so they can get, get away with these sort of things. And if that's happening, then again, you can't really see past them. you too many goals, scoring too many, and then winning the league quite comfortably in the end.
0: Yeah, as, as for Abernian, um, they also ran City really close last season and only missed out by three points. Um, they are, probably by the time you listen to this, they probably will have played their first uh, UEFA Women's Champions League qualifying game, so we're not going to go into depth too much on that. If you do want to read a review of the teams that are facing, there is something up on the Leading the Line website. But um, what, what is Hib's aim for the season? Is, is it back to cup domination for them? Obviously, they, they, they're they not playing next weekend because of the, the European exploits, but the Cup is really now where their focus will be for the rest of the season. Outside of European competition, you would have thought?
1: Yeah, it would have to be. I think they're going to have to look at it now and try and utilise their squad well so they can still compete in the league. I mean, they're not wanting to just disregard it entirely, but they're then trying to get into the Champions League last 32 and, as you say, um, focus on the Scottish Cup. I mean, it's Stirling University they play, who on paper obviously would be another SWPL1 team. It could be a harder tie, but having watched them in the league and against Hibbs themselves as well, you'd expect again Hibs to really go on and win that so I mean there's you'd expect again Hibs City teams like that to be the ones challenging for the final come November but it has to be Hibs main aim obviously we in Europe as well although challenging with conditions and pitches things like that in Europe looking at the teams they're playing they probably should be getting through there but I think it's just saying cup domination they will complete the cup double again and keep their winning streak going yeah
0: absolutely um Probably the other team that's in this mix and the team that are hanging on to, to Glasgow City's to- coattails now are Celtic. Um, after I, I met you at Petersdale Park and we watched some SWPL2 stuff, which we'll talk about a wee bit later on, um, but I left at half time to go over to K Park. Um, Celtic won 3-1. Um, a, pretty, a particularly impressive first half performance from them uh, goals from Cathy McGovern who kind of got on the end of a, a bit of a scramble in the box and, and put it into the net and then a really good second goal a through ball by Natalie Ross in the midfield uh, put through Sarah Ewans who was dangerous all game um, she she was giving the Rangers a uh, full back to an absolute torrid time um, and she put it past and to be honest with you she probably could have had more goals um, Kim Ramsey in the Rangers goal made a few excellent saves throughout the game uh, in a half-time, 2-0 up, even after the game, Eddie like he black said he thought maybe Rangers got away with it. And I think on reflection, I'd probably have to agree with that. But in the second half, I think they came out a lot better. Uh, Celtic did get a third. Kelly Clark to put them 3-0 up. Um, and Brogan Hill did get a consolation. But a 3-1 win for Celtic. Um, I was impressed with them in the first half, Campbell. Uh, their next game in the league is against Glasgow City. Uh, do you think that... Well, let's be honest, uh, there's no thinking about it. Realistically, if Celtic are going to challenge Glasgow City, then they need to beat them at uh, Petersil Park next time out.
1: Yeah, guaranteed. I mean, they ran them close when they played up at Lennox Town, as we discussed last week. But it's it's really tough place to go, obviously. City, as you said, unbeaten since 2016 in the league, I think you said. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a real tough task for anyone to beat them. Just see, Hibs seem to do well against them in the Cups. But when it comes to the league, they just seem to struggle with it. City turned it up again almost. And I think it'll be even tougher for Celtic. Although, as you're saying, you're saying they're playing well yesterday. You were upset the game. They'll feel full of confidence getting into it. Obviously, they've got the cup game in between another one against lower, uh, lower league side. You think they should both be winning in those games. But Celtic have no reason to fear Glasgow City in, in terms of how they play. But in terms of watching City, they'll need to be careful that they don't try to go a bit gung-ho and end up losing quite heavily.
0: Yeah, I think the big thing that stood out for me from the the game on Sunday was the physicality. Of Celtic they, they just looked much bigger than Rangers. They had kind of across the team that just seemed that Rangers were outmatched in terms of physical presence. And maybe that's a a condition of obviously some of the the changes that have been going on at the club that Rangers are just entering into a phase of. But I thought that uh, especially in the first half they they could have scored a lot more. But I think it will be an interesting matchup. As you say, probably the one thing for me with Celtic when I look at them just now is, and they may be partly remedied this just now with the return of uh, Chloe Logan in goal, is I think the defence don't get tested enough and I think actually a couple of times Rangers could have really put the hammer down, but it was the, the forwardness of, of Celtic that did it. Uh, that puts some five points, keeps them five points in Glasgow City, but Glasgow City have that game in hand that we've already talked about, but... Yeah, I think Celtic, if they win against Glasgow City, I, I was impressed with them. I said to you actually afterwards that if I was to put a sneaky bet on a, a team um, outside of Glasgow City to win the Cup, I'd maybe go with Celtic, but it's a long way to go yet. Uh, two other games in the, the division that we weren't at either of these ones, but um, 2-0-0 draws, um, Spartans 0 Motherwell 0 Motherwell uh, had a Morgan Hunter with a, a penalty save to deny Spartans. And at the bottom, Campbell, 4-4-0, uh, Stirling University now. 0 doesn't seem like there was much happening in that one. I've, I was trying to get, get dig some highlights out, but I haven't had any come yet. Um, I was having a look at Twitter feeds. There so wasn't much information on there. Is that a result that favours Forfa purely because it keeps them ahead? At the minute,
1: I'd say yes. I mean, obviously, I think both of Sterling's point have came against Forfa. Um, obviously, Sterling, I've got the university, sort of help and other possible players coming in there that could maybe help propel them further on in the season. Forfa a game they'll, they'll be happy I suppose that they've not lost for a change but it's another one that they maybe could have looked at and thought that's something we should have taken points from um, I was speaking to Graham Hart who's been constantly begging us uh, not begging us, sorry, constantly having a go about sort of being on the pod kind of thing um, and he was at that game after the uh, done United game on Sunday afternoon and he was saying that Forfa, in a game like that we'd expect it to be both teams thinking right, this is a chance to go and attack for actually started with five at the back I believe And Stirling were unlucky not to win the game, so we said, but as obviously going from that's only going from Graham there, from the Twitter point of view for both clubs, it was pretty quiet. There wasn't really much said about the game, and I think looking at the result, that's probably for the best. But as you're going back to your question, I think Fordford will be happy with it at the minute, but it could be an interesting couple of weeks, especially when they play again at Oakleview towards the end of the season.
0: Well, yeah, and I think the advantage for, for maybe have at the one that they've got a home tie against the, the Smear in the Scottish Cup next week, which you would hope uh, Nathan Flight, who is, I'm not listen to this because he has been retweeting stuff, uh, will give him an opportunity to um, get maybe a win underneath the belts and maybe try a couple of things, whereas Stirling, you only have a, have a free week because Hibs are in Europe at the moment, um, and then they face a Hibs header in the Cup and League, so it will be interesting to see how that develops. But yeah, as it stands, Glasgow's at the top, looking good for 13 in a row. Um, Celtic nearest challengers, and at the bottom it's still for Farmington and Stirling University uh, doing battle. Uh, let's move into SWPL 2 now, Campbell. And it's taken exactly one week of the season for the leadership to change hands. Um, Hamilton Ackies uh, travelled up to Dundee United to play at the, the Dundee International Sports Centre, or DISC. We might just start calling it DISC because it's easier. 2-0 um, victory. Um, it was... All the action came from the bench um, for Hamilton Campbell, uh, Goulson Chloe Muir Anteek and Tegan McCann, and an absolutely ridiculous bit of skill from Ellie Kane.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was seen sort of again, it was kind of quiet during the game, it was to find out what was happening. Well, we were obviously, as we said, at the other games. But um, yeah, Aki's kind of made those changes from the bench that sort of showed their strength and depth, I think, a bit stronger than Dan United in that aspect. Both goal scorers were of course subs, um, Chloe Muir getting ahead of him from the corner was the first one and United did have a chance to sort of come back into it. a few during the game but there was one where Laurie Denny was pretty much going through and she managed to put the chance wide and then obviously in stoppage time. It's a fantastic lob from uh, Teagan McCann to put Hamilton top of the table with a win. But um yeah, it's a strange one to see it was a great piece of skill obviously from Ellie Kane. She'll be, be loving that, I'll be getting retweeted left, right and centre. But I think for Akies United made it tough for them, so it was good that from a Hamilton point of view, that they actually came back into the game and took the three points, going well and the results at uh, Orium, putting them top of the table. But they'll be happy with that. And from, as you've seen the highlights, great media package, by the way, to Hamilton. I think we'll need to talk about that a wee bit as well. But it's a big three points for them and they'll be happy with how the weekend went.
0: Yeah, the the highlights for Hamilton, the three guys that do it, um, they were actually at the the family when we went to go see Hamilton against Rangers. Um, and if you haven't seen them yet, go to the Hamilton Ackeys, uh Twitter feed and go have a look. They'll I'll give you a link to it. But it's basically like a mini, well, mini sports scene. You can have it, your things about sports scene, obviously. But it's basically like a mini sports scene. So it's a, it's a great package they to put together. Um, ah, yeah, I've, I watched the highlights as well. It looked like Hamilton were in control earlier on, but couldn't really capitalise. And Dundee United came back into the game. But yeah, that, that puts him top on goal difference, um, ahead of Hearts, who drew one each with FC Kilmarnock. Um Colette Fleming put Kilmarnock in the goal. A bit of a a pinball in the Hearts defence. Um wasn't wasn't the tidiest of goals, but actually the finish by uh Colette was was pretty good. And then Hearts equalized he through a Lauren Hall header. Probably now if Lisa's listening to this, I'm sorry, Lisa. But if you're a heart if you're handy end with the Hearts manager, you're probably a little bit disappointed not to get three points at home to a team that Obviously, you're looking to make sure you stay atop of them in, in the league?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a strange one because at the start of the season, these were the two teams that began really well, and then they played at Rugby Park and Kilmarnock just sort of fell apart as Hearts put sick past them. Watching this game, the highlights as you were talking about as well, Kilmarnock seemed to start pretty well. Um, obviously, Colette Fleming got the goal, but for Hearts equalising right on half time, they would got to be on top then for the second half. It's a great header from Lauren Hall. And you would have thought they'd maybe kick on during the second half, and then obviously collect Fleming, who got Kilmarnock's goal. They managed to get herself sent off. So again, there was still that time where Hearts had an extra player, but they couldn't really make it. Cap- they couldn't capitalize on that. Sorry. And given as we were talking about last week, some of the new signings they've made, strength parts have you'd expect them to be beating Kilmarnock but it's a disappointing result for them, especially with the Hamilton score. And now the other side have a chase, slightly if you will, which they haven't really been doing too much this season. So it will be interesting to see how they can react to that.
0: Yeah, part of me wondered when they played that game against Glasgow girls before the, the end of the season, it was a, a way to make sure that they were top going into the split. Now, obviously, it was just a case of evening out games a little bit, but um, I thought they would, that the signings that they made from for for Farmington would, uh, would certainly boost it. But fair fair cre- credit to FC Kilmarnock um, at getting a point there. Um, they also had a debutant on Sunday, Campbell, something that when we were sitting in Peter's Hill Park before we went our separate ways, um got a bit of chatter out of the process. So they have signed... Ching Hang Ching Ching uh, from Swansea City, uh, a 30-year-old uh, Hong Kong international. There's not been many international players um, make their make their way to Scottish women's football at the moment. Obviously, Glasgow City had Lydia uh, Carlson, and and Alice, who have now left. But it, it's an interesting thing. It definitely got got our interest up, and it, certainly by looking at some of the Twitter activity, it got the interest of a few other people as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good to see. As Obviously, we're talking about the majority of the team are sort of homegrown. The team's players, sorry, are a homegrown, sort of young Scottish kind of players. As you mentioned, obviously, uh, Ivanusa and Coolis, who have since left Glasgow City, a couple of American players through so the university teams and things like that, has been about it in terms of foreign players coming in. So it was good to see. Um it was a big surprise, obviously. You saw the reaction of the pair of us on Sunday. It was not one we were expecting, but coming on... It was on Twitter as well, and as you're saying, there was a lot of reaction to it, which is good to see. It means, obviously, folk are noticing the women's game a bit more. Um, It'll be interesting to see how she copes with the Scottish game, especially, obviously, having come from a different league down in Wales there. But it will be will be interesting to see how she can get on and how she, how often she'll play yeah, up here for command
0: Yeah, just a bit more information about it. I mean, she was the first uh, Hong Kong female player to play professionally in Europe. Um, and to give a bit of context to the level she's coming from, Swansea City... Um, they played Hibs last year, uh, two seasons ago, in the qualifying for the Champions League and got beat, defeated 5-0. But she actually came on as a substitute uh, during the game against Hearts at Orion. So absolutely, definitely interested to see, uh, see how she progresses. And obviously, be good to speak to at some point as well, see how she's settling in. But from her interview on Twitter, she seemed like she's been really enjoying it. So, yeah, best of luck to her. And it's great to see some new faces in the in the SWPL as well. What with Hearts drawing, Hamilton winning, it meant that Partick Thistle, uh, Campbell, who we, well, I saw the first half of, you saw the full game off, so I'll let you take the lead in this one, had the chance to close the gap, and they did, with a 1-0 win against St Johnston, uh, they're now t- within two points of both Hearts and Hamilton, Hamilton top and goal difference, um, it was a very, for the first 45 minutes, Campbell, it was a very SWPL2 uh, encounter, did it change much over the course of the second half?
1: That's exactly how I've described it as well. Here, Chris, it was a very tight, kind of well-thought, typical SWFL 2 uh, PL2 game. Uh, both teams played some good stuff, to be honest. It, wasn't, it was not a good game to watch. Big crowd in for this one as well, which another one was a bit of a surprise because Patrick Thistle haven't had too many fans at most of their games, but they've been doing pretty well with the media uh, over the summer and, uh, again, from the World Cup. There seems to be a bit more interest, so that's great to see. Um, Thistle started probably a better team as well and then, obviously, lead pretty early on, I mean, Emma Lawton's free kick looked pretty harmless. You'll see the highlights of that as well on Thistle's Twitter and things like that. But Jane McDonald totally missed it and then it was finished at the back post by Taylor McLashion. And again, St. Johnston didn't sit back though. They had chances chance as well. Ashley Fish has rejoined again from Hibs for the rest of the season. She was causing problems going forward um, for the Thistle defence. They had the chances, I say, but they just couldn't take them. And now they're, they're sort of... Well, they've given teams games, but they just seem to be sort of behind that main pack now. Um, as for Thistle, obviously, as you say... They've went about the business quietly. I mean, obviously, we're only newly promoted. but done the United last season. United, as we've seen, have caused the likes of Hearts problems, but against Thistle, we really have struggled. And it's games like this where Thistle, they don't score many goals, but they're grinding out wins. And now, as you say, they're only two points off the top. No one's really spoken about them. It has been, obviously, Hart's and hey, Hamilton getting the majority of the plaudits there. So Thistle will be quietly pleased with that. But there may be a time soon where teams might have to start taking notes of them a bit more and talking about them a bit more openly.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I think part of this was probably the team in the SWPL uh, too, that probably triggered the closeness of this, the, this division because you're right, they don't they don't tend to walk oversides very often. Um, Obviously, one exception. Uh, but they also don't get beat very heavily very often either. So, yeah, I think they're definitely in the mix. And any team, as you say, down down even to Dundee United who are now dropped off a little bit after that defeat to Hamilton, they're not a million things off are still in it. You're right, St. Johnson... It's a it's a funny season for them because I don't think at any time I've seen St Johnson that I've seen them and gone, this is a team that are a mile off the teams above them. I think just the, the way the results have fallen for them means that they haven't haven't got the points that maybe obviously the other teams in the league have. So it'll be interesting to see how they use this rest of the season, Campbell, because St Johnstone's is not, you would think now, promotions outreach purely because of the volume of teams they would have to get past and the number of points that they would have to amass to, to make that possible. How do you view the the approach this this remainder of the second half of the season now?
1: I think they'll just have to keep going and try and. I mean, obviously there's not much to aim for. There is no pressure on them. They know they can't get relegated. Due to the fact there's no relegation, also Huddersfield vale, are miles below them. Um, so if they can just even try some try some new things over the coming games and see what they can do. I, mean, I don't think they played badly as you've seen any of the games I've really watched them. They've drawn my hearts as well. Um, They've run most teams close, to be perfectly honest. I was speaking to the assistant manager, John Fettis eh, after the game the other day as well, and he was saying we both kind of agreed they were pretty unlucky not to really take anything from the game. They hit the bar, had a great chance eh, in the last minute as well, headed over. So I don't think they can be too, eh, too disheartened sorry, by the results, by the performances, just the results. and obviously letting them down a wee bit slightly. But I think just they could be one of these teams that, because there's no pressure on them, they'll go and play their own game. And they could end up taking points off some of the teams at the top later on in the season, and that could have an impact on the title race. But I think for them, they'll just be looking to keep playing this football, keep enjoying themselves, and see what happens, and see if they can get themselves up another couple of places in the league before the final, eh, before the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a, a fair assessment, to be honest with you. Um, that leaves us with two two last teams: Glasgow Girls and Hutchison Vale. Um, we wondered last week whether Hutchison Vale had pulled a rabbit out of the hat and all of a sudden would become the super competitive SWPL2 team unfortunately it's going to take a little bit longer than that Um, they lost 12-0, 6 goals for Taylor Fisher, a double for uh, Lucy McEwen, Lee Farrell, Lauren Ann Kerr, Chloe Doherty, and her own goal it's it's really hard to read anything into a result against Hutchison Vale at the moment Campbell um, the, the goal for them, and I don't know if you disagree with this, is getting things close and maybe before the end of the season snatching a point from somewhere
1: yeah, I mean, they got obviously that goal right at the end before the split, but when you look at their goal difference, they're the only team in the league with a minus goal difference and it's big hefty, minus 123 there. Um, there was a bit of optimism, obviously, as we were talking about last week with the uh, uh, the new staff coming in, things like that. But having then checked the updates, I was talking to Rob Wilson during the game and turned around and says, well, it's the new staff, but same old touchy, obviously, we're down inside a minute. Uh, it was a good finish from Lee Ferrell to be fair, but it's, it's poor defending getting in there. I just saying, obviously, the double hat-trick from Taylor Fisher, that's according to the SWPL, but Glasgow girls, to it. I seem to say, it was five. And I think looking at the highlights, Lucy McEwen actually grabbed the hat-trick. Not really sure which is right there, but we'll find out eventually. Obviously, it was a comfortable afternoon um, for Ian Ferry on his uh, Glasgow girls debut as manager. I was saying, you can't judge too much against Hutchie Vale and then um, their next games against Rangers in the Scottish Cups. So it's another one where you're not like, this time you're not expecting them to get anything. So I think when they get back to league action against the uh, Hearts, that'll be a game... That you can sort of judge them a bit there, because it was it was a comfortable afternoon for them, really. Yeah, um, it's
0: there is highlights of the Glasgow girls goals as Campbell alluded to so if if you want to see them then please go and visit the Glasgow girls Twitter feed and they will hook you up no problem at all um, but it does mean that sometimes goals are still a little bit debatable, um, I saw something during the week, I think it was Al Athletic tweeted out that they were going to get the Twitter poll to decide who scored the goal maybe that's something Glasgow girls can do as well but yeah so that that rounded out the league, um, so Hamilton Hearts top both on 24 points, Hamilton top on goal difference and uh, part of this was two points behind in 22 but there is still done united glasgow girls and fc Kilmarnock in the mix this weekend we don't have any swp action because the scottish cup is back and it's third round day and third round day in the women's uh, game in scotland is just as significant well as it was third round day i can't remember what round it is now in the men's game but um, <laughs> third, third round day is um, where the swpl clubs come into the fray there is 16 ties, well, sorry, there's 15 ties that are happening on Sunday. Uh, the 16th, uh, which is Stirling University against Hibbs, which we both alluded to earlier on, will happen uh, in a couple of weeks' time once Hibs are back from Europe. Um, I'm not going to go through every single tie, Campbell, but i will go give you first Hibs. Um, Shall we go through and pick out maybe a couple of ones that are interesting? Um, I know you're looking to go to Rangers against Glasgow Girls. Yeah, I'll be
1: travelling to that one um, on Sunday afternoon at Hamill Training Centre. It'll be good to see Rangers at their first game. Um, since they've moved, obviously, to uh, Rangers' main Oakenhowie base. Uh, Glasgow girls, obviously, they're in the league below, but it's, you look at it, it's as two of the SWPL, uh, one and two sides, I think that could be a good game. It'll be interesting to see. Rangers, obviously, try to bounce back from the disappointment and the defeat to Celtic. Uh, as we talk about Glasgow girls, they're going in, obviously, against Hutchie Vale, they've picked up 12, uh, 12 goals, three points. They'll be looking at it and thinking, look, we've got nothing to lose in this game, and go against Rangers and play some of their good football. And It could be an interesting game to see. Uh, what actually happens there, you fancy Rangers obviously to sneak it, but last girls, I don't think will be pushovers, but we will be be interested to see how they cope against a side in the division above.
0: Yeah, it will be. I I think uh, another one, if we're looking at SWPL1 against, we're going to start tripping over these again, Campbell, I can feel it coming, Uh, SWPL1 against SWPL2 sides, Um, you've got Motherwell against Partick Thistle, we've talked about Partick Thistle and how they have been very hard to to break down and, and don't get run over very easily. And actually for Motherwell, one of their problems recently has been scored in goals. So that that one at Ravens potentially could... Uh, could uh, I don't know if it's going to be a spectacle. Now I've said that out loud. It could be a bit attritional, but uh, there's certainly a game to watch there. But I think, Campbell, maybe the, the two interesting ones for me actually involve SWFL1 uh, sides. Uh, you've got spark Well, three games actually involving S- SWFL1, so below the SWPL, below the Premier League. Um Games, you've got Spartans against Aberdeen. Aberdeen going really well in SWFL 1 North. St. Johnson against Burnamere Thistle. Uh, Burnamere Thistle, one of the kind of traditional names in Scottish women's football. And you've got Hutchison Dale, who we've just been talking about. At home to Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, who are going pretty well in SWFL 1 North. Of those three games, Campbell, do you, do you see a shock anywhere or do you think the quality of the SWPL teams will hold out? I think in
1: terms of league play since... Um, It would be a shock for Inverness to beat Hudson Vale But Hutchie Vale just seemed totally bereft of all confidence Inverness, I saw their highlights as well They beat Cove Rangers uh, 4-2 in the league at the weekend They looked pretty impressive in doing so So I mean, I think they could well go to Hutchie And uh, progress to the next round there It will be interesting to see if Hutchie Vale um, Cope a bit better against the side below them But I think having watched them this season and seeing the results I can see Inverness winning it, whether it be a surprise or not that's obviously um to your own decision there. Spartans Aberdeen though, as you were talking about that will be a really interesting a game to watch. Again, I think Spartans probably should come out and talk. But Aberdeen have done well up north as well, as you were talking about. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope against the team um in the top tier. And as you said, in the other one, St Johnston, Burmere Thistle is one that could really well be a very tight game. Actually, means mean St Johnston, as we said they have played some good stuff, but are not quite getting the results. That's the Birmingham thistle, as you're saying, one of the names that's been there as a stalwart of the women's game, so been interesting. Another one and it's quite interesting there to see how they'll cope. Maybe the game being at the midnight and Johnston on an edge, but all three are games that could go either way, really, when you look at them, so it'll be good to see what happens eh, on Sunday.
0: If anything, we've spread on the SWPL sites to go and get a victory. What we have discovered by the, doing this podcast is that uh, people listen to it and then come and chin us for saying that they're not going to win. So good luck to everybody. Um, in terms of the three favourites, and there probably is three favourites, which is Glasgow City, Hibernian and Celtic. Um, as I've just mentioned, Hibernian, Stirling University away in a couple of weeks' time. But Glasgow City and Celtic. Uh, Glasgow City away to Edinburgh, Caledonia, and Celtic away to West Park United. What, what do sides like Edinburgh, Caledonia and West Park United take for a game like this? Because let's be honest, Campbell, they're probably going to be on a hiding to nothing. So if you're if you're a player on that side or a coach on that side, what, what do you say to the players when they go into that? Obviously, a great experience, but how do you make sure that they are future-proofed against the, the the imminent defeat that is coming?
1: It's a tough one because obviously you don't want to just kind of sit back, not play your own game and just try and keep the scores down because it's not fun to play in. Um, so it's strange, but again, you don't want to say, right, just go play with freedom, go and attack, because if you do that, Glasgow City, Hibs, Celtic, they will go and rip you a bit. So, I mean, it's a strange one, but I think that they'll go out there and try their best to enjoy it, try and sort of stay disciplined, stay in shape kind of thing and see how long you can cope without conceding. But if you give away an early goal to any of these sides, it could be a real, real long afternoon for both West Park and um, Edinburgh Caledonia on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it could be. Now, Hibs have won it the last three years on the bounce. Um, they defeated Motherwell 8-0 in the final last year. Um, that was a, I think that was a final that was kind of a bit a bit unfair in Motherwell, not necessarily because of when it was or how it happened, but just the circumstances at the club. The um, people like black left, and I think a lot of their players weren't, weren't around at the time. Um, Glasgow City, though, haven't won it since 2015. And actually, you have to go back to 2002 for the last time Sunday, not called the you or Glasgow City have won it. Campbell, let's let's get a cheeky prediction out here as we go into the third round. Who's going to win the Scottish Cup?
1: Mm. I want, I mean, looking at the leagues, you always have to say Glasgow City, but there just seems to be a thing that if and when they come up against Hibs in the competition, where they just it seems to be that Hibs have the edge over them for whatever reason. You also mentioned Celtic earlier on, but if I have to pick one, I'm going to go for Hibs to retain it again because they just there's something about Hibs and both the Scottish Cup and the SWPL Cup. Oh. It's still early doors, of course, but I'm going to go Hibs just to edge it ahead of Glasgow City.
0: Yeah, Hibs absolutely love a cup. Uh, they won seven hundred pounds. Um, and Glasgow City haven't won any at time. And as we both know, when you speak to Scott Booth about it, it's a uh, it's something that I'm sure he he doesn't let show as much as it as as it does annoy him. But um, yeah, I think it will be one of Glasgow City, Hibs, or Celtic. It'll be interesting to see how the draw pans out um you're hoping obviously that uh the, the kind of the, the ties get tighter as the, the competition progresses but we'll see what happens and we'll keep you posted that i unfortunately won't be at a game this weekend i have a, a stag in amsterdam i know hardships and everything um but we will obviously talk about it next week i know campbell's away a game and I'll, I'll watch as many highlights as i can while i'm in the canals <laughs> um before we wrap things up, Campbell, there's one other piece of news and it's kind of indirectly relating to Scottish women's football and that is uh, the news that the FA are now going to be live streaming up to 150 games from the WSL for free, ungeolocked for the world to see. Now, um, the, the reason we're talking about this is not to say that this should be happening in Scotland because we know that the, the level of football in Scotland is a bit different, but it seems that they have really taken advantage of the fact that interesting women's game is, it, is at its, its highest level that will be all be coverage in BBC sport and BT sport Glasgow City against Hibs is Scottish football's marquee game at the moment we were coming back to an SWPL season uh, after Scotland had had uh, obviously it was a heartbreaking World Cup but in some respects it was a great World Cup because Scotland were there at it and there was lots of fan and, and interest in the team and yet the game was blacked out um, We you were obviously there at the game I couldn't be at the game because I was covering another one, so I had to rely on highlights afterwards we know that for Farmington against Motherwell is going to be in the telly on the 20th of September uh, on BBC Alba. That's that's the next scheduled live game, but it's hard to it's hard to kind of criticise anybody in this respect, Campbell, in terms of covering the live game because we know how much effort people are putting into it. But it feels like the the media support that was there at the start is kind of there, but still not fully.
1: Yeah, I mean Alba, we get the four games a season, I think it is, so. As much as City against Hibs are the best games that you're not really wanting to... The biggest games, sorry, you're not really wanting to be showing every one of them. And the other sides are then not getting represented. Forfa were on TV eh, towards the end of last season against Hibs on the Friday night. And there was a crowd of over 400 at Station Park. So in that aspect, it would be good to see them and Motherwell eh, on the TV. They obviously played there early in the season, and it was one of the games of the season, obviously, that 3-2 win for Forfa and Motherwell's ghost goal in the last minute that didn't go their way, but... It's, it's tough. I mean, obviously, as you were talking about the uh, City Hibs wasn't televised or shown online anywhere on Sunday there, which, to the amusement of Erin Cuthbert, who tweeted about it, the Scotland and Chelsea striker. So, I mean, I can see your point in that you want to see these games, but it's hard to get people to go to the games as it is without then saying that like, every one of these is put on TV or it's being streamed somewhere. So you can't have it both ways, I think. If the game keeps growing, once it's at the level, maybe that more and more people are watching it, then you can get more games on TV. But it's not at the stage where you can put it on every game like they're going to be doing in the FA WSL down south. So it's it's trying to grow it and get people going to the games before you put them on here. So I can see why games like that are on TV, why site Hibs wasn't.
0: Uh, it's interesting that Campbell, because any local um, actually made a comment about on that similar vein about the fact that the WSL was going to be this kind of free-to-air service via the the FA website. And she made the same point you do. And it's a point I agree with, by the way, just just for for the sake of the conversation, because it's it's nice to have a debate on a podcast instead of just agreeing with everything. Um, And she was basically saying the same thing, that in her opinion, actually, it should be more about driving people towards the terraces. And I think I'm probably agreed with that. But what I do think there needs to be is there needs to be a way for that for that to be done by heightening the coverage. And, and She got counted by Claire Rafferty, a former England international. She was doing uh, coverage at the, at the World Cup for the BBC. And her point was a very good one, which means it, it will attract more sponsors, which in turn will attract more money, which should hopefully then make a match the experience more better. It's, it's a long process for Scottish women's football at the moment. I think anybody expecting an instant resolution maybe needs to have a little bit of a reality check. Could things be getting done quicker? Absolutely. They're going through this review for the 400,000, 500,000 uh, windfall they got from the World Cup. But this is one film that people knew was coming, and we knew that people would feel good about Scotland being at the World Cup. So, why this review has only started happening now instead of looking back six to ago? It's a tough one, but it's, it's certainly something us to keep an eye on. And what is a good thing about that, Campbell, for us as Scottish football fans is we obviously have a number of Scottish internationals playing down down south. Um, you have mentioned in Cuthbert, but a lot of the squad now playing the WSL won in the in the championship. So at least that way, we have another way of watching Scotland players play the game that we all want them to see play. And obviously, when they come up and play international games, the next one is in the 30th of August against Cyprus at Easter Road. We'll have a bit more familiarity with them and hopefully people that are looking for it can find it easily.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you're saying, wanting people to see these games, it's just, you're having to advertise it a bit more. I mean, the clubs on their own Twitter, a lot of them are not really kind of pushing their game there. Obviously, you'll get the SWPL Twitter account, we'll put out saying the games and where they've been played. There's not like too much about it. And a lot of the time, the fixture's not being decided until late, so sort the of kickoff times, again, it sort of deters people from... Um, no, it's, again, you're just needing the club sort of to advertise a bit more that there's games on. If you've got the men's team playing on a Saturday, as most clubs will do, they'll put out on a Tuesday or Wednesday saying, like, this is where we're playing the weekend, we're playing such and such, advertise the game a bit more. If they can do that for the women's game as well and try and then progress that on to get more people to go and watch them on a Sunday, it'd be great. Even at games on a Saturday when they're announcing who you're next playing and the men's things about tickets and so on and so, uh, such on, they should also be saying, look, the women's team is playing here tomorrow against such and such go and watch them. Just It's just things like that. Um, Obviously, again, a wee highlights package, maybe. There's obviously a lot of talk about, trying to work towards things like that. A lot of the clubs are not recording them, so it's tough, obviously, for the news outlets to go and do it as well. But if highlights have been put out there and things, which there has been quite a lot of um, following this weekend, to be fair, more people see them. I think, well, some of the quality is not too bad. Obviously, the national side are doing well now as well. and We should get a good crowd at Eastern Road. So people are attracted to big stadiums, but when there's games on at some of these other places, doesn't really matter what's there. It's still players that know how to play the game and they're playing it at a pretty high level given how Scottish football is going at the moment. So it's just trying to get more people to go there. But it depends. Well, a lot of people still don't feel the women's games at the same level. As of course it's not, but there's still a good quality of football there for people to go and watch. So it is there. You need to look for it. So I think if it's advertised a bit more, that could help us in getting bigger crowds at the games. Yeah,
0: I think the partnership between men's and women's teams is a... An often conversation had whenever we speak to somebody who is involved in women's football. Uh, to, be, to credit Hearts, actually, this weekend, they, they put a, a tweet out at Hearts Women's Team saying that if you want to go up to Aberdeen, remember, you can still watch Hearts down at Arayam. So, And I have seen clubs do it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, a growth of the game across the board is, is what we get, and that's what we're looking for. But that wraps up for the listen. If you want to follow Campbell, you can do it, Campbell6 underscore 2 on Twitter. I am at MFPTasty. Campbell, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Chris. And again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to get involved, just let me know. Thanks for listening.